As always, good day and welcome to tonight's edition of the FIFA World Cup show. And wherever you are listening to this episode from, whether you are in the USA, on the African continent, in the Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania, welcome to your most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly, Philip Alimo. And I've got love for sports. On tonight's episode, we will be discussing and analyzing the semi-final games between Morocco and Nigeria and Zambia and South Africa. Morocco and South Africa will go for the CAF women's football title on Saturday. The win will be a first for either nation. A new African women's champion will be crowned. And tonight also is the CAF Awards. And also we will be discussing one year from today. Australia and New Zealand will be hosting the rest of the world for the Women's World Cup all the way in Australia and New Zealand. On tonight's edition, as always, I have with me in the studio is sports journalist and women's football administrator across the continent and across the globe, Madame Rosalind Amu, to join us for all the discussions and analysis. And I'm sure tonight she will also be very proud because she has two of her players vying for the topmost award at the African Football Awards that will be taking place in a few minutes from now. That is Evelyn Beidou and Doris Budua, who played for Azakis Lady in last year's CAF Women's Champions League. Good evening and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and I hope your week has been good. It has been, it has been, it has been. Uh, just a quick reaction. How do you feel um, seeing two of your players uh, vying for top awards tonight in the CAF champion, in the CAF awards? I mean, super excited, and I think they worked hard for the nominations. I mean, last year was phenomenal for especially Edwin Berry. Doris also was in there, but comparatively, I think Edwin shown brighter. I mean, for a first timer at an inaugural competition, she ended up as the top scorer with five goals, and she was also voted the best player of the competition. Beyond that, I mean, the two of them also played very crucial roles in making sure that the Black Princesses qualified for the set edition, I mean, for their set appearance at the Under-20 Women's World Cup. And so it's, it's I mean, they deserve, they deserve it. If there are any other persons who deserve to have it, I think that they did. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is, I mean, not, is eventually crowned the, the winner for the night. Awesome. Um, and following up on what the words of Madame Rosalind, 
and uh, providing our audience with a bit of perspective. Ghana's Evelyn Bedu could be picking this evening. Could this evening be the first Ghanaian to pick two Confederation Cup awards on the same night after being named in the final shortlist for the two awards? Slotted for Rabat, Bedu, a former Azakes ladies player, now plays in Norway, has been shortlisted for the CAF Young Player and the CAF Interclub Competition Best Player Awards. A teammate, Doris Budua, has also been named in the final shortlist for the Young Player of the Year Award, alongside Morocco's Yasmin, who plays for Saint Etienne. Ghana's duo will be honored for their sterling performances at the inaugural Women's CAF Champions League held in Cairo last year, which saw Azakes ladies finishing second to Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa. Who are the nominees for the various awards tonight? For the Player of the Year, we have Ajara of Morocco, of Cameroon, sorry, and who plays a club football with Inter Milan vying for the top awards that is a player of the year alongside Ushiola who plays for the Super Falcons of Nigeria and Barcelona and Grace Chanda who plays for Zambia. For the Interclub Player of the Year we have Anderlin from South Africa and who plays a club football with Melody Sundowns in Bani who also plays with Melody Sundowns and Evelyn Beidou from Ghana and the young player we have Doris Budua from Ghana Evelyn Budu, Beidou from Ghana, and Yasmin from Morocco. For Coach of the Year, we have Bruce from Zambia, Desiree Ellis from South Africa, Jerry Shabalala from South Africa, and Pedros from Morocco. For Club of the Year, we have ASFA Morocco, Azakes Ladies from Ghana, and Memelodi Sundowns of South Africa. Yes, um, I was asking what your thoughts were on the various nominations for the awards and what you make of the nominations. Well, I, I think that um, they are all in order. I mean, if you look at the performances, the nominations that we have for the best player of the year, I mean, the female best player of the year, I think that it is important that we know what they have done. Chanda, of course, if Barbara Banda is not there, Chanda is, is there for... Uh, Zambia's exploits at the um, Olympic Games in Tokyo last year. And then we all know what Ashola has done. And so that should come as. And then Ajara too, Nashat, we also know what she's doing with her exploits in Italy. So that came as no surprise. For me, my surprise nomination on the day, on this evening, is. Um, the, the inclusion of Pedro, Renal Pedro, the Moroccan coach in the list of coaches for the year, because I don't know what he did in 2021. These awards are for 2021, and so I don't know what he did for 2021 that he should be included on the list. If we are being fair, I think that we are looking at the realist, we are looking at that, the, apart, I mean, the Bala, the Zambian coach, 
and then um, those are the people that I think that should be in contention. I don't know why Pedro was included on the list. And for me, it's some of the, the, the flops or some of the things that sometimes it happens and people always question the decisions of the continental body. I mean, for me, he has no business being in that list. Otherwise, all the other nominations are spoken. Earlier, buttressing your point, earlier in the day, I read your tweets on Twitter and uh, you expressing your dissatisfaction at uh, Pedro's inclusion in the list and you also suspecting that uh, uh, the CAF uh, is trying to uh, appease Morocco for hosting the women's AFCON as well as the awards ceremony at the last minute. Do you think uh, for the Young Player Award for which you express your doubts could be given to Morocco's Yasmin and uh, your Ghana's very own could be appeased with the best uh, player of the continent. I have tried to look at the the shortlist and why Yasmin Zuhi was included. And of course, um, she she also helped the team, and the under seventeen team because the under twenty side did not do well. And I didn't see much of her doing the competition, so I was surprised to see her in the finalist. And I always say that sometimes when you do that, you make the you make it look so obvious. And I think that in my conversations, I've not been, I've told you that this year, perhaps the wish and the, the intent of organizers and hosts was that Nigeria should not go to the final of the Women's Afcon. And we, we've seen it happen by some of the bad calls. I mean, once they, they, they state their wish, they always have to find a nice way of making sure that it is presentable and nobody, that for those of us who have followed the game for long, I mean, we are able to sometimes see some of these things, and it's X as Yasmin. I mean, don't be surprised if on the ninth, Yasmin is, is, is crowned the young player of, of the year, the female young player of the year. That is my, 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 my strong instincts, and sometimes my instincts are right. I mean, I will eat humble pie and say that they got it wrong. I got it wrong if it doesn't happen, but. I have a very strong feeling that that is going to happen. And then there is Bedua. I mean, because um, Evelyn Bedou, because Evelyn, because of her exploits in, in the CAF Champions League, they will give her the, the, the compensation or they will give her the award for that because it, it will be a very bad call and bad precedent if you crown a player as the best player of the competition. You crown her as the, the, the best, I mean, the top scorer. And yet, when at the continental competition, when it matters most, you sideline her or you bypass her and go and give it to somebody else. It would be very strange, and I'm sure they would, avo- they would want to avoid them. I mean, that kind of embarrassment. And so they will give um, Evelyn Bedou the, the, the player of the year, for the club player of the year, and then probably give Yasmin the young player. Because as for the young player, it can be for both club and country. So you cannot question it much. In your sessions, you made mention of the ongoing Women's African Cup of Nations, and I'm sure you were referring to the semi-final game that was played between 
the Atlas Lionesses of Morocco and the Super Falcons of Nigeria who picked excepts of that game. It ended 1-1 in regulation time and went all the way to the lottery of penalties and the Atlas Lionesses of Morocco beat the Super Falcons of Nigeria 5-4 on penalties. So we'll pick excerpts of that game and we'll come back to the studios to pick your thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, the first award of the night, the Women's Hall of the Year Award, will be presented by Kat's fifth vice president, Mrs. Kanita Ibrahim. Thank you. 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 Can Lodi Sandowns won? Me, I will be very upset if they give the Young Player of the Year award of the Bema Moroccan. This year... So that was the moment the Atlas Lionesses of Morocco stand defending African women's champions of Nigeria 5-4 on penalties. And uh, Madam Roslyn, what do you make of this moment? Well, I, I, I told you, I think that's before the conversation. I mean, I had done the write-up and I said that the only person that will make the difference or that could change the narrative of Nigeria beating Morocco was either the referee or when Nigeria decided not to show up. And I think we were not too far from right. I mean, we also some of the calls by the Mauritius, uh, Mauritius or the Mauritanian Maria Rivets, the call she made, I mean, the two red cards. I mean, 
nobody says that it wasn't, but at a, at a time when we all saw that it wasn't, in, I mean, very, it wasn't intentional in that, as even in the first instance, Ajibade's own was quite clear. I mean, even though it wasn't her intention, she didn't land well, and so that was it. But, I mean, Habibata's own was something else. And after that, look at the call, some of the calls that they made against the referees, I mean, the Nigerians. And in the penalty kicks, we also, we saw how the Moroccans were using that um, reflective lies on the, on, on the Nigerians anytime they had to play. And Cav didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, in certain times, they would penalize the home fans for what happened. But when this time it happened, nobody said anything about it. And my observation, my observation in the last at least five or six tournaments that I have watched, the women's afternoon, is that, I mean, if you host because of the cost involved and everything, and also for marketing purposes, to attract fans and all that, once you get to host and you push yourself a little bit, I mean, they would, they, they, everything would be done to ensure that you are at least in the final, so that in the final, the home fans will come and support their team, even if they will lose. I think it was only Ghana that didn't see through this plan and so didn't do well in 2018. And of course, 2018, we had our own challenges with the expose, number 12 expose and all that. So nobody really wanted to be caught in that web. And so nobody bothered about it. But if you look at the, the, the way it has gone, apart from Namibia 2014, and we all know that Namibia didn't have what it takes to get to the final all the other finals that we have played from Equatorial Guinea to South, I mean, South Africa to Cameroon. I mean, they play well and you, you be, they would make sure that you are in the final because it is also important to have the marketing. And then you can look at the business points. The business aspect is that if it is always Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. Somebody will say that too. Then the competition is not competitive enough, and so nobody will want to come on to sponsor. That's that probably will be their excuse. But otherwise, I think that we need to do very well. I mean, teams should win fair and square, and not because it is the wish of somebody else to see. I mean, other teams being up there. And uh, speaking of teams winning fairly. The Zambian South African game, uh, controversially, also Zambia were beaten by South Africa by a lone goal with a controversial penalty in the dying minutes of the game. We'll pick excerpts of that game and we'll come back to pick your thoughts. 2022 semi final. It was South Africa against Zambia, two familiar foes from the Cassava region. But it was Zambia who got off to the most impressive start and then looked dangerous from the outset as they managed to create opportunities. Grace Chanda missing out narrowly here with a big drive into the half of Lamini who was quick to snuff out any danger. Both these sides had only conceded uh, two goals in the tournament so far and among the tournament's best defences. This was a great opportunity for South Africa as the ball cut back from Tassani fell into the path of Jane after Supercell had overrun the ball unable to finish. Zambia though to create further chances, Grace Chanda getting into a great position to score and only just seeing the ball float inches wide of Zamini's goal. Then South Africa would go on the rampage themselves. Beautiful ball into a danger area, the substitute was fired on the shot at goal 
play by Musonda spectacularly. And then a challenge on the edge of the penalty area just inside. The uh, ball that Silvacimra wanted to play back into the danger area. Blocked by Temple. The penalty awarded after the VAR check. Confidently done. That is the final whistle. South Africa advanced to the final. So that was the moment South Africa advanced to the final of the ongoing Women's African Cup of Nations. And uh, Madam Rosalind, what do you make of that particular encounter? Well, I, I told you that it's, it's, it was going to be a sub-regional derby. The South Africans and Zambians knew themselves. And on the few times that they have met at the Kosafa level, the South Africans have always won. But, I mean, last the last Kosafa tournament, the Zambians beat them on penalties to finish third after both of them had lost their semi-final game. So there was still a grudge match. And so the Zambians felt that coming into this game, at least they deserved to have thrown the game into extra time and all that. But that didn't happen. And I mean, you remember that a day after the game, they had appealed that CAF um, allowed the semi that semi-final match to be replayed. But of course, you know it doesn't happen in football unless there is incontrovertible evidence or um, action that will make the match to be replayed. And so the Zambians lost out and the South Africans are through to their fifth final. I mean, the second final in succession, but their fifth final overall. Zambia have been deprived of the opportunity to play in a final only on their third attempt. And and Philip, uh, just as just as you go on, I mean, just to let you know that Evelyn Bedu has just been awarded the the Interclub Player of the Year. I mean, she's not there to receive it. Um, she is preparing with the Black Princesses for their Women's World Cup, and so so so. Um, Messi Tego has just received the award on her behalf on her behalf that is awesome and uh congratulations to evelyn Beidou, and um we hope uh she receives a hearty congratulations right here and uh hopefully we hope to have her on the platform and to pick her thoughts uh just before the under 20 uh world cup and i'm sure madam rosalind uh will definitely help us get in touch with her and to get her on the show one of these days. Certainly, certainly. When they come back from the World Cup, we'll try and link her up so that she'll be on the show. Definitely. And um, speaking of the women's AFCON, Saturday is the grand final. Despite all the controversies surrounding the tournaments, the games, officiating, and everything, we have a final at hand with South Africa playing the Atlas Lionesses of Morocco on saturday to vie for one crown the queen of african women's football madam rosalind going into saturday's game what are your expectations for, for the two sides oh i think that um, it is for south africa to it is for south africa to win and because they have they, they have been consistent. The Moroccans may be in the final, but 
I don't think that's they will go. The South Africans have have longed for this for long since 1998, and so if last year, two years ago, they missed it by a whisker. And they have another chance to have a go at it. I don't think that they will sit down and allow anybody to come and take it out from them. So they will go for it. And it is going to be a tough game. I mean, the Moroccans would want to be there, but I, I can assure you that at the end of the day, the South Africans will use their experience to beat them. And I mean, don't you it's, think it's, it's uh, the Atlas Lionesses? Will, will would use their home advantage uh, to bulldoze their way against South Africa. Um, Philip, let me give you examples. I mean, in apart from Equatorial Guinea, um, I mean, apart from um, the 2008 and 2012 in Equatorial Guinea, where the host, I mean, the, they beat Nigeria for the first time to win the, the tournament. And then the second time, they beat um, Cameroon to win the tournament. I mean, it's not been easy. The best you can do is to, to go into the final, to get to the final. But once you get to the final, then it becomes anybody's game. And, I mean, you and I would know why South Africa would win. The experience is there. I mean, there have been instances where they have played before very hostile home crowds. Let me give you a classic example. In 2016, when we went to Cameroon, I mean, the park was overfilled. The whole, the whole city were there in the Cameroonian colors, and they were all out. All the legends were there to support Cameroon. But at the end of the day, Nigeria played a one by one go to nil. I anticipate that it's going to happen again. The um, South Africans are more experienced, and I think that having reached this far and with the better, the best opportunity for them to lift their first trophy, they, they would not allow the Moroccans to lift it. Morocco will have to wait. You, I mean, they will have to join the queue of people who want to win the competition. And um, unfortunately, their dream of hosting to win will, will, will end at this point. They would have been in the final and they would join the history makers. But I don't think that I mean, South Africa would allow them to, to lift the trophy. If it happens, yeah. I mean, in football, anything can happen. But from what I have seen, from what I have seen, I, I think that South Africa stand a better chance of lifting the trophy. Definitely. We wish the two teams the best of luck. A year from today, the 2023 Women's World Cup will be officially taking place in Australia and New Zealand. And for the purposes of my audience, I would be giving you the list of countries that have qualified so far for the tournament. The two hosts, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, South Korea, China, Philippines, Vietnam, Sweden, Spain, France, Denmark, defending champions, the USA, Canada, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Zambia, Morocco, Nigeria, and South Africa have booked their places to next year's World Cup in the Oceania region. And uh, Madam Roslyn, what are your expectations? A year from today, Australia and New Zealand will be hosting the rest of the world and to, 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 to climax what will be 
a beautiful qualification across all the six continents. What do you make of the teams that have qualified so far? Well, I, I think that there are no surprises um, except for in Africa where we have Morocco and Zambia. But because of the qualification process, and we have them there. And I will be happy to see more African sites. Don't forget that Cameroon and um, um, Cameroon and Senegal still have a chance. They are going to play in the playoffs with South America, and whoever wins those two slots will get to join the list. And so, because the competition has been expanded to 32 nations, and so for me, it's going to be an exciting 24 nations. It's going to be an exciting um, competition. I am waiting to see which sides from Europe will join. I mean, yesterday we all saw, was it yesterday? Yes, we all saw that exciting quarterfinal match between England and Spain, where England had to come from a goal down to beat Spain in a nail-biting, I mean, quarterfinal encounter. Today, we know Germany are playing Austria, and then the Netherlands will also play. France are also in there. So, I mean, we are waiting to see which sides will join them. But it's going to be a football festival. I, I think that it deserves to be. And now, Philip, like I've always told you, women's football has developed greatly. So there are no more minuses and underdogs anymore. I mean, there can be favorites, but you cannot, I mean, underrate any side. You do so at, at your own peril. And so each, each side will go in very strong, very, with very high hopes. In the past, when the European sides were not too keen, and when I say the European sides were not too keen, you realize that apart from the Scandinavian countries of Sweden and Norway and to a very large extent Germany, the other European countries were not too keen on qualifying. And so you didn't see the likes of Spain, Netherlands, England, Italy. They were not part, but, and France. But now that they have expressed interest and they, they've seen that it is also part of the laurels that you can add to your credentials. Suddenly, everything has turned around and it is a big, big competition. And so next year, perhaps, you, even though the, the prize money and the funds may be different, whatever fever that will be generated from Australia, New Zealand, would probably be akin to the kind of vibe that is going to be generated at the Qatar 2022. Awesome. And uh, we're just about wrapping up and uh, I would pick your final words in the light of everything that is happening tonight. The CAF Awards, the uh, Women's AFCON final on Saturday and uh, most importantly, the, the, the development of women's football across the globe. What are your final words, Madam Rosely? Well, I, I think that we cannot be proud of ourselves for the role we have played in ensuring that the women's game is evolving and developing, progressing um, at a very impressive rate. Um, we, we, we look forward, we congratulate the organizers and the hosts, and we are looking forward to celebrating the new champions. I think that I mean, if South Africa won it, they would have been deserving of it because they have worked hard for it. And I've told you that perhaps one of these days um, I may have to do a piece on the journey of 
is a realist. I mean, how it started for her and how it is going for her. It is one successful story that I, I want to, I mean, emphasize on. The other thing is also that, I mean, don't forget that there's going to be a cracker before the final game. The third place match between Nigeria and Zambia. And I think that um, Nigeria would not want to go back empty-handed. Even though all is not well in their camp, I'm sure they are going to, I mean, make sure that they, they win their compensation for it by finishing third at this competition. The only time they would have, the only or the second time they would have finished third in a competition that they were so, I mean, privileged to win. Thank you so much, Madam Rosalind. And as always, it's been a pleasure coming your way with today's edition of the FIFA World Cup show. Until our next episode, keep well and it's bye for now.